Amen. Hey, you've got your uh, your Bible, and I want to ask you to turn to the book of James, and it's uh, way in the back, right after Hebrews. So in James, we find a great word of encouragement for us. All of us know that life has its ups and downs. Uh, from early in our childhood, we begin to see that, that there are highs and there are lows. There are great times and there are difficult times. But James, the brother of Jesus, gives us some instructions about difficult times, how to go through them, understanding the purpose of them. And so let's look at the book of James, chapter 1, and let's see the instruction that he gives us. And we're just going to focus on uh, three different aspects of this. James chapter 1, verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Verse 2 starts, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or patience. Let's pull out a couple of key things in this. He starts off verse 2 with the word consider. In other words, he's saying you have a choice. You can choose your attitude. You can choose your demeanor. You can choose your facial expressions. And when you're going through a trial, we get to choose how we're going to go through that trial as far as our attitude is concerned. Now, we know we cannot control everything that's happening around us. Um, all the introverts right now are looking at this kind of self-quarantine and they're kind of thinking, hey, this is not bad because I'm an introvert anyway, so it doesn't really bother me too much. But the extroverts are going crazy. You know, the extroverts are like, I, I need people. I, I need to be around people. So we, we can't control the fact that we're in this type situation, but we can control our attitude, whether an introvert or an extrovert, no matter what our gifts are. He says, I want you to be the one who considers. You get to make the choice. And so today I'm encouraging you, let's do what James says to do. Consider it pure joy when we're encountering these various trials. Some trials are easier, easier for us to go through. Some are more difficult. But the word tells us we get to choose our attitude. Let's choose a good one. Let's choose joy, not panic not fear, not worry. The anxiety that we have at an appropriate level is a good anxiety. That's a gift from God. But maintained at a right priority and a right level. Let's not let anxiety escalate to an unhealthy level. Let's keep joy in our life. Well, the next thing he talks about that we face trials of many kinds, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patience. He says, this is something you know. James is not trying to teach us that the testing of our faith produces patience. He says, you already know that. Choose joy because you know you're gonna go through trials. You know that trials are coming. You know they're a reality. And so though this pandemic that we're in right now is definitely not good and it's definitely awkward and it's kind of a brand new scenario for us. And yet it didn't surprise God 
These things are actually prophesied in the Bible, so it shouldn't surprise us. So we can look and say, okay, God, you told us these type things were going to happen, but they're happening for a reason, and that's what we need to focus on. So we need to remind ourselves that we already know life has ups and downs. And when it's kind of in a down moment, we choose joy. When it's up, we choose joy. When everything's great, we choose joy. When things are difficult, we still choose joy because we know these things are going to happen. But then he also goes on, he says that uh, the testing of your faith produces. It produces perseverance. And perseverance has its own uh, fruit in our lives. But the trial that we're going through right now and the trial that you're going through specifically is going to produce something in your life that is useful and helpful and beneficial. It's not wasted. God wastes nothing. And so what you're going through is going to produce something in your life. We always uh, we, we say constantly, when we go through things in life, we can either get bitter or we can get better. And we're choosing to get better. And so we can't wait until the trial is over. We consider it pure joy right now. Well, let's look at an example of this very thing happening in someone's life. So let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter number 28. And that is the last chapter in the book of Acts. And God uh, just seems to end this great book of Acts in, in just powerful fashion. We're looking at the Apostle Paul, and God has already instructed him, God's already told him, you are going to go to Rome and testify of me. So Paul has that assurance. God told me I'm going to Rome, so I'm going to Rome. Now he's going as a prisoner, but nonetheless, he's going. Well, let's begin reading in Acts 28 and verse number 1. It says, um, once safely on shore. Now that's an interesting start right there. Once safely on shore. Paul is going to be taken to Rome. So they're wanting to put him on a ship and the ship is going to sail toward Italy. But it's not a good time of the year. Paul warns them. He says, guys, this is not a good decision. It's the wrong time of the year. I really think this is going to end in disaster. Well, they don't listen to him. Everybody gets on the ship and they head out. And sure enough, a huge storm comes, which was typical in that region at that time of the year. And the storm is just battering this ship. And Paul did something that no one likes to hear. He stood up and he said, men, I told you so. And no, nobody likes to hear that. But Paul, he said it. He said, guys, I told you this was going to happen. But then he also said, an angel of the Lord appeared to me, and he told me, this ship is not going to make it. This ship's going down. But everybody on board this ship is going to live. No one is going to lose their life. And that's exactly what happened. The ship was tossed, and it just hit on the rocks. It began to just break apart. And so part, portions of the ship were floating, and the People uh, grabbed those pieces of board or whatever, and they floated in, and they made it to shore. I actually uh, <clears throat> was reading one of the historians about this incident, and he 
He said there was a woman named Rose on board and she actually floated to shore on an iceberg. No, no, that's a joke. That is a joke. That's not true. That is a very inside joke, I guess, for those who were at Hope Crossings a few weeks ago. Um, I was using an illustration from the movie Titanic and was butchering the illustration because it had been about 15 years since I had seen uh, the movie, the television version. But we have some Titanic movie purists at Hope Crossings and they kept me straight. So we had a great laugh. So that was for everyone who was there that day. So, okay. So they made it to shore. Let's pick it up. Acts 28 verse 1. So once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us because it was raining and cold. Look at what Paul does. Verse 3. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. And though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effect. Amazing. Paul was able to stay focused and have joy because he realized, I'm going to Rome. Now think about it. God said, I'm going to take you to Rome. You're going to go to Rome. He gets on a ship at a bad time of the year. There's a storm. That's a test. But Paul was listening to the Lord during the test. During the storm, he was able to hear the voice of God and then relay that to the men on board. The ship did crash. It broke apart. Everyone made it to shore. Ah, relief. That trial is over. Now we have relief, but immediately another trial happens. He gets bitten by a snake. But again, Paul evidently didn't freak out. He knew I'm going to Rome. I just made it through a shipwreck. I think God can heal me from this viper bite. So the people were watching him, expecting him to die, and he didn't. So they went from saying he was a murderer to then saying he must be a God. But for Paul, that's another trial. It's always a trial when people make accusations against us. Neither, neither one of these accusations were true. If people make accusations against you and against me, but if they're not true, then we need to just shake them off and say, that's just a trial. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to be joyful no matter what anyone thinks about me. The trials that I go through, I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to choose to trust the Lord. And that's what Paul was doing. But some great things happened as a result of this. Well, let's pick it up in verse number seven. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. You see, Paul is in a very unique situation at a very specific time. 
He's endured the test, the trial of his faith from a shipwreck, now a viper bite, a snake bite, but God has him right where he needs to be to bring healing to this man's body. When you and I endure the trials and the testing of our faith that God has in place for us and this life has in place for us, when we endure those and we make it out the other side and something has been produced in our lives, God has us uniquely positioned for miracles. And that's what happened with Paul, a miracle in healing this man. But then let's look what happens next. When this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. You see, Jesus said, if you're faithful in a few things, I'll make you ruler over much. And so my encouragement to us today is let's stay faithful in the little things. Let's stay faithful in what sometimes would appear as something that maybe is insignificant. Can I say one of the most amazing verses in the Bible for me personally is what we just read a few minutes ago. Paul was gathering sticks for a fire. He didn't say, hey, I'm, I'm the great apostle Paul. I'm too good to pick up sticks. Paul realized there was a need. He had the capability of picking up sticks and he did. But look what happened. A test, a test of his faith. But look what happened. He made it through. He was able to pray for someone and see them be healed. And then everybody on the island brought their sick and they were healed. But it doesn't stop there. Let's read this last verse, verse number 10. They honored us in many ways. And when we were ready to set sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. See, everything they had was lost in the shipwreck. But these people supplied everything they needed for the next leg of their journey. You see, God knows right where we're at. He knows how to take care of us. And he knows that there are ups and downs. There are trials and difficulties. If we choose joy, we remain faithful, we're going to see miracles. And those miracles are then going to grow to more miracles. And I want to say this is an example in Paul's life of God's promises. He said, I will provide all of your needs according to my riches and glory. I know what you need and I'll supply your needs. There's no need to worry about not having what you need for life. God promised he would give it. Even if your possessions get wiped out in a shipwreck, God knows how to resupply you. Don't worry. He said, I have clothed the lilies of the field. I can take care of you too. So when we go into a trial, we choose joy. We stay focused. We do the work of the kingdom. We take care of the little things. And then we're in a position for miracles. Look for opportunities to pray for people. Look for opportunities because right now they're wondering, what about God? Can God help us? Will he help us? And he's look, they are looking to you and to me and other believers for answers. Look for opportunities to pray. You don't have to have all the answers. God has the answers. We just need to connect people with God. He will give them the answers they need. So be encouraged today. This thing we're going through, it's not the end. It's just a test. And let's make it with joy, perseverance. Let's stay focused. 